you see a fairy ring in a field of grass, very lightly step around, tiptoe as you pass. Last night, fairies frolicked there, and they're sleeping somewhere near. If you see a tiny fae lying fast asleep, shut your eyes and run away. Do not stay or peep, and be sure you never tell or you'll break a fairy spell. A Midsummer's Night's Dream Salutations and welcome. I am your host and cosmic friend, Michelle Lark. The Fairy Ring is a digital fairy portal, an experimental podcast where we explore the universe through myths, meditation, and magic. This is the podcast for you if your creativity is your spirituality, if you believe that your curiosity is your free will speaking to you, if stories, folklore, mythology, the natural world, the mind's eye, and the universe light you up, and if somewhere deep down, a part of you believes that fairies may exist. Enter your curiosity with me to explore the mycology, the mythology, and the fae lore that surrounds what this podcast is named after, fairy rings, a naturally occurring circle of mushrooms that flirt with both the scientific and the supernatural mind. You can listen to all episodes of The Fairy Ring for free at www.enterthefairyring.com or your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy the episode. At the edge of the forest floor, there is a circle of red cap mushrooms. The sun sets where the sky and earth bind in the orange-red ombre of torch lilies. Four ravens fly over your head into the forest, melting into the shadow. A lime green frog hops on your bare foot, and you realize that your shoes are missing. And you feel its webbed toes as it jumps from your skin into the circle of mushrooms disappearing. Music, strange and feral, begins to come from the ring, with small dots of light moving around the mushrooms. It could be fireflies, but they lilt and jag in an odd harmony, and you feel drawn towards it with an unseen force, a muse or a spirit of the earth that wants you to come to the other side. A red butterfly lands on your hand, and you move it up to your face, looking at its eyes in a strange hypnosis. It flies from your hand into the circle, blurring into a nothingness that should terrify you, but instead you feel a curiosity replace your fear, remembering something not of your human mind, but your eternal soul, a place that you came to before this world, and a place that calls you back. You close your eyes as you step into the fairy ring. One foot in, the other follows. You can feel the grass under your feet, warm green and wet dirt between your toes. 
You feel the earth pulse under you, alive with knowledge, mischief, and beauty. You start to feel slick roots caress your ankles as you sink into the earth. An emerald light flares behind your lids, and you know that these roots go deeper than you can imagine, old as creation, new as summer sun. The fairy ring closes behind you, and what's left? A pair of shoes on top of wild grass, a small green frog playing violin on a red cap mushroom, a red butterfly that alchemizes into red light, fireflies that dance in staccato as four ravens fly overhead. And you, not sure if you are still in the earth or among the stars, but with a peace you go into the unknown. So how are fairy rings created? A circle of mushrooms is the fruiting body of a fungus. The main structure of the fungi is underground in long strands of hyphae that create a network of mycelium, which is the main structure of the fungus. Mycelium is how our trees communicate with each other. If you want to learn more about that, there's a pretty popular and really good Netflix documentary called Fantastic Fungi. Um, and in that, you'll learn how mushrooms aren't really like animals and they aren't really like plants. There's something in between. They aren't solar powered. There's no photosynthesis. It feeds off dead organic matter. It's nature's recycling system. The development of fairy ring fungi begins at the center of the ring and expands outward in a circular fashion, kind of similar to how tree rings expand each year of the tree's life. If we are categorizing fairy rings in terms of it being a turf disease, there will be three types. Type 1, there is a ring of dead grass, which on either side has stimulated grass growth and produces the fruiting bodies of mushrooms or toadstools. Type 2, there is a ring of stimulated grass growth, but can be with or without mushrooms or toadstools. Type 3 shows no change in the growth of grass, but will have evidence of a ring of fruiting bodies. Because fairy rings can be surrounded either by dead grass or an abundance of grass growth, it can be associated with either death or with life. The treatment will vary depending on the type of fairy ring. If the goal is to get rid of one, uh, fairy rings can be pretty pervasive. You have to get like all the mycelium out of the ground if the goal is to KO one. But hopefully, if there is one around you, you can appreciate it as something of natural beauty. Mycologists also distinguish fairy rings from those found in the grasslands 
uh, from those found in the woodland, which are referred to as free rings and tethered rings. The free fairy ring is typical of grasslands. At a point in the turf, it absorbs the nutrients of organic matter in the upper layers of the soil and grows out as a ring and dies out at the center. The center will continue to die as the fairy ring expands to absorb more nutrients. They can keep growing as long as there's not an obstacle like, um, like rock and there is available nutrients. One of the largest fairy rings ever found is in northeastern France and is about 2,000 feet in diameter and is over 700 years old. And if that's true, that mushrooms can think, there's this ancient sentient being just chilling in France that you can actually <laughs> visit. <laughs> um, so there are free rings and then there are tethered rings, which are formed in the woodland. A tethered ring is going to grow around one or several central trees. It will create a symbiotic relationship with the tree by partnering with its roots. This way, the tree gets a fixed point of nitrogen from the mycelium, and in turn, the tree's roots give the fairy ring structure and additional space to grow. So that's a bit of the mycology of fairy rings. And even if we didn't get into the lore and the mythology that surrounds fairy rings, the natural phenomena, the science, is gorgeous. Um, Real-life sci-fi. It's also pretty cool that not all fairy rings are uh, a fungus. There are redwood fairy rings in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and new sprouts will build upon the parent's root system. The parent's tree trunk is at the center of the ring, and it breaks down to provide nourishment for the next generation. And unlike some of the cautionary tales of stepping into a ring of mushrooms, stepping into a ring of redwoods is supposed to bring you a lot of health and happiness. There are also fairy circles in South Africa in the Namib Desert, which have a lot of working theories from sand termites to poisonous gas to UFOs. The lore that surrounds fairy rings in English and Celtic folktales vary from country to country, but the common theme is that fairy rings are mostly considered dangerous and shouldn't be approached because they are either portals to the fey realm or considered some kind of unhallowed ground. There are over 60 mushrooms that can create fairy rings, so maybe the aesthetic variety could be a contributing factor to why there are many adaptations to the lore, but it's mainly going to reflect the culture and the local superstitions. So when we talk about fairy rings being connected to this source of evil um, or the lore that kind of has a nefarious tinge, it's good to keep in mind that superstitions were a way for our ancestors to explain the unknown. And the unknown can be scary. Um, in some ways, um, our ancestors were closer to nature, but there was a disconnect from the science, which could also be considered witchcraft back then. 
So if you're this ancient soul and you see this perfect circle in the ground that wasn't there a few days before, you may fill in the gaps with what knowledge you have. Very human, but this podcast is a gesture to make room for the science and the supernatural and hopefully to create new lore and stories around the strange and wonderful things that are found on our planet. I was talking with my buddy Sadie on making this episode of the fairy ring and how lore can kind of evolve over time and she said that her sister tells her nephew that if he sees a fairy ring to dance through it otherwise he'll get stuck having to dance with the fairies Um, and I thought that was pretty cute. That is probably the most popular lore that follows the fairy ring is that the ring of mushrooms is made by the feet of fairies or elves or pixies because sometimes fairy rings are called pixie circles or elf rings and that is made by their feet dancing in a circle in the moonlight and if you enter a fairy ring during a fairy revel you will be trapped dancing with the fae and to until the point of exhaustion so if you were to get off easy you would be pushed out of the circle with some time missing and maybe some mysterious bruises but on the more sinister end of the spectrum you would be kept in the circle dancing to the point of madness and or death dancing in a circle is likely the most common type of european folk dance So that was a natural association to make for a supernatural celebration. But sometimes it wasn't even dancing. Sometimes if you entered a fairy ring, you would be taken to the fae realm. And the dimension of the fae, supposedly, time works very different there than it does in our reality. So if you were taken into the realm of the fae, it sometimes you could never return if you ate some of the food or you drank some of the liquid from that realm you were bound to stay kind of similar to the myth of persephone eating the pomegranate in the underworld once she ate the pomegranate seed she couldn't return except for six months out of the year decreed by zeus kind of the same thing if you eat fairy food or fairy drink you are bound to the realm of the fae so even if you are returned um, a lot of the folk tales if you touched something or you ate something it would turn to ash in your mouth and eventually you would die because you can't eat mortal food or drink mortal drink but other times you would be returned and your lifespan would have already passed what felt like a couple hours to you would have been years and years everyone that you knew and you loved when you entered the fairy ring they're already gone they've already left to the other side or you would be returned invisible if nobody could see you so it was considered kind of a a strange phenomena kind of like crop circles or something like that you didn't want to go around the fairy ring because the disappearances were strange and that's what they would credit to missing disappearances were often on the fairies and it wasn't just disappearances anything that was abnormal or strange in a lot of celtic english lore the it would kind of be pushed onto the fae whether that was justified or not. 
What I really love is that in other European countries, the fairies aren't even attached to the fairy ring. There are other fantastical elements attached to them. In France, in German, the fairy rings are associated with witches. In French, Ronde des sorciers, it's going to be sorcerer's circle or wizard circle. Wizards just make me laugh so hard. I can't take wizards seriously, but um, <laughs> sorry if you're a, a wizard. In the French lore, um, <laughs> there were also frogs that guarded the circle <laughs> that would put a curse on you, um, if, you <laughs> if you entered it. In, in Dutch lore, the fairy ring is where the, the devil turns his milk and livestock that would enter the ring would have their milk soured. However, it's kind of the opposite is true in Welsh lore. If it's encouraged for livestock to to graze and hang out around the fairy ring because it was said to bless the livestock and bless the crops, even though it's still in, not encouraged for humans to approach the ring in Welsh lore, it's it's a good omen for it to be around your crops and your animals. My favorite, my favorite version of the fairy ring lore is in Austria because it's said that the fairy rings were created by dragons that burned the circles into the earth with their tails. So yeah, fairy rings have a pretty good variety of fantastical elements attached to them. You have elves, you have pixies, you have the fae themselves, you have witches, you have the dairy devil, and you even have dragons. So, But obviously these myths and the understanding of the fae and their rings have evolved over time. In the fairy bible by Teresa Moray, she talks about uh, meditating in fairy circles as a way of getting closer to the fae. I've personally sat in fairy rings before to to do that, and it's been a pleasant experience for me, but obviously I think it's just a use of common sense. If you have a bad feeling, don't do it. If it feels calm and peaceful, by all means. There are different portals, um, you know, rumored throughout our globe to be portals or hotspots where there's supposed, you know, paranormal or supernatural activity. I've always been drawn to fairy rings in particular because one, they're aesthetically very cute, but there is a kind of a wonderment attached to them and it did inspire the idea for this podcast. So I wanted to pay a bit of tribute through this episode I feel like this is barely scratching the lore. I would be interested in doing a second episode going a little bit deeper into fairy rings, but wanted to share with you a bit of why I think that these rings are so special and so unique and so fascinating from both a scientific and a supernatural perspective. Thank you so much for listening to this episode if you come across a fairy ring by your home or in the wild, I would definitely be interested in seeing it. You're welcome to tag the podcast on Instagram at the fairy ring podcast. The handle used to be enter the fairy ring, but recently got updated to the fairy ring podcast on Instagram. 
Thank you again for listening to this episode. I will be generating some more content soon. I don't follow a traditional publication schedule for this podcast because I do have other projects going on. It's kind of just when I can and when I feel inspired, I I submit work. So thank you for listening and for staying up to date and for occasionally asking if, if I'm going to do a new episode soon. I, I wouldn't say that this podcast has like a huge listener base, but the listening base that does exist is, you know, very encouraging and very sweet and very supportive. So I definitely want to express my sincere gratitude if you've been following this small project of mine over the past two years. Um, I really appreciate it. So always wishing you the world and I'll see you soon. Take care.